a little wider. Prince Ball back for Marshall. The footwork, the footwork. Benji Marshall. Now the speed. The footwork again. Away from Peachy. Passes without looking. Away for Richard. Back to Fitzhenry. That is as good as you will see. Welcome back, ladies and gents, to another episode of the Supercoach Tragics podcast. I'm your host, Dan, coach of Badonkadonk. Uh, green arrows for me this week, which is not very hard considering where I started the year. So uh, the only way really is up, which is great. With me tonight, I have two coaches who I believe also saw green arrows this week. First up, we have Glenn. How was your week, mate? Yeah, it was a good week. Could have been a better week, mate. I left a few points on the pine, but still I moved up 38K, which is a fairly big jump. I've never been 38K, so the jump 38K <laughs> is kind of sad um, to 16K. I think I scored 1,186 or something, or something nice. around that number anyway. Yeah, I think I jumped up. I scored like a 1,089, I think I got. So I managed to jump up from 87,000 to 56,000. So it's a big jump for me, but definitely a long way to go. Um, next up, we have Chris. Chris, mate, how are you going? Yeah, mate. Uh, the captains of Crunch had a pretty good week, so uh, not as good as we could have had. Um, I ended up with 1,181 but had some seriously underperforming people in the team. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I had Katoa for the 20, and I had I think I had about four guys that were under 20 in the team, um, just either by bad performances or by injury. So um, pretty happy I got 1181 at the at the end of the day, though. Yeah, I'd be bloody stoked with that. If I could only get past 1100, I'll be bloody stoked. Um, <laughs> in saying that, in here, in saying that, I was actually really happy. I ended up making two trades last week. I ended up going um, just before the news when the team list came out. Uh, I ended up dropping Angus and bringing in Payne Haas, which kind of bit me a little bit because having Payne Haas on my team, I thought it was an obvious captain, so I captained him instead of who I was going to captain was Munster, and I backed out last minute. So that kind of bit me a little bit, but uh, I'm still happy moving forward. So I've still got Munster in my team who also traded in for Cody Walker. So quite happy with uh, my trades. Um, I'm not sure about you guys, but I'm, I'm boosting up this week. One, one of the things that I'm going to say is I'm not looping forever, ever again. <laughs> Last year I looped three times at 150 and all times I got burnt. I looped in the AFL, got burnt. And this week what I was doing, I was bringing in Tyrone May or Firmer. It was one of those two. But then when I seen the VC with Hines, I thought I'll just play three centre wingers and, and won't bother. And then May comes out and gets that huge score. And I think to myself, if I had to just kept the C somewhere else mm. and uh, taken that hundred, you know, I just I just it's one of those weeks that could have been. Yeah. But, you yeah. know. That's it. Like I, 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 even though I'm happy with a few things, I, I've been happy with everything I've done this year, but I'm just not getting the results. So I just need to keep going with my plan and I'm hopefully I'll move forward. Um, so moving on, before we get to the news, um, make sure everyone jump on to supercoach360.com. Um, great content up there um, every week, updated on a, on a regular basis. Uh, I know Glenn, Tim, Ross, and I think Brad Smith as well. Also, the other 360 boys are throwing some pretty good content up there. So please jump on, have a look if you haven't already. Um, I think Glenn had his work cut out in for this week with the news. A lot of news, mate. So um, how'd you go there? Yeah, there's a fair bit of news, mate. So I'll try and get through it as quick as I can. So obviously we know Robbo's got COVID, so he won't be travelling with the Roosters this week. Um, Nathan Cleary is back. So that's big for um, the Panthers and for Supercoach. We all know his pedigree. And um, Stefano out six to eight weeks. Musgrove moves into the front row and Roberts also returns to the Tigers and Tuolagi. 
with uh, coming back from that HIA. Um, Hetherington out for the season with his shoulder. So Waddell comes into the second row, uh, which is an interesting uh, super coach uh, prospect. Uh, Ray Stone, I mean, it was sad what happened there. I mean, he made the try to win the game for the uh, Eels and then uh, he's out for the season too and probably played his last game for the Eels. And uh, Cardi comes into the bench. Uh, Jordan Rick has been named, but he's expected to miss the game versus the Warriors. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Fleek returns this week, coming back from his suspension. Uh, Pia Kura has had a grade two hammy, so a bit of bad luck there for the kid. And of course, Ryan James starts and Rabadi moves back to the bench. Um, Capewell also has been named in reserves. He's uh, struggling with a calf injury. Uh, Titans lose Sammy and Jaden Campbell this week. And they bring in their new signing of Izako uh, to fullback. So that should be interesting. And I think Corey Thompson comes into the side as well onto the wing. Um, Teague Wilton returns and Mulatalo for the Sharks. Uh, Xavier Coates returns for the um, Storm. Harry, Harry's a big one. Harry's been named to start and Cam, uh, Brandon Smith's been relegated to the bench. Watch late changes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just my shifty belief. Uh, Barnett. <laughs> Uh, six weeks um, for that brain snap. And uh, Brady Jones comes into the second row. So he's another interesting prospect for coaches to keep an eye on. Uh, James Newell Brown's on the extended bench for the Cowboys. Maddow's also on the bench, uh, back for Parramatta. And two more things. Uh, so Gus has been instilling the dogs of war mentality back into the um, Bulldogs. And we saw that against Manly, where they really defended well, I thought. And... Um, Storm again hold a meeting on Grant and Hughes. And um, so there. And the other big one is, of course, Billy Slater has been named as coach for Queensland and he's brought with him quite a bit of an arsenal with uh, Jonathan Thurston, Smith, and was it Hannay? Yeah. It was Hannay. So that'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And that's the round of rounds. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I heard that uh, they're, I'm not, I'm not sure how uh, accurate these rumors were, but apparently there's looking at potentially. Um, depending on how he goes at Origin, uh, Billy Slater being Bellamy's replacement when he does finally go. So I think they may want to hold off on that and watch the Origin first to see how he actually coaches. But um, definitely good to have that pedigree that um, to remain at the Storm. Well, I think um, at the Storm, I mean, club coaching is a lot more difficult, I think. But I mean, for mine, it's an interesting pick if he does get the Storm position. But the upside for him there is that Craig Bellamy is going to stay on as a consultant so that he'll really have that um, board to bounce off. So I don't think it'll be so bad for him if he does um, coach. I, I still think that Queensland would suit better with a Wayne Bennett and those three in as they're um, playing that um, pump you up role and those working with positionals. But I mean, those three have been there, done that, and they know what it takes to win for Queensland. So, you know, no one's going to knock to, uh, they've been la- labeled the Beatles by Paul Kent. <laughs> they're bringing in the Beatles so I think that was a pretty funny statement <laughs> alright well, that's the news for the week um, let's start moving on to our positions guys so um, I'm going to start with Hooker I'm going to start with a few names here that um, I'm actually personally struggling with this week with my trades so um, first up on the list is uh, Harry Grant 644,000 he's only played the one game at 92 he's break even 39 which doesn't really count because it's only the one game um, owned by 14% of coaches. Um, my, my issue there with getting him in is just there's a few question marks about um, what we believe is going to actually happen with that rotation there. And um, I'm not, I came to hear your thoughts, uh, Chris, on what you think is going to happen there with uh, the rotation there with Grant Smith and even King. Yeah. Um, 
I think that King's role will be pretty similar. I think he rotates through the prop position, probably ends up still getting around 60 minutes. And um, I think Harry Grant will end up playing somewhere between 60 and 60 and 80 minutes every game. I can't see them not utilising him because they just their forward rotation is quite um, weak compared to what it was last year. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I think is going to happen anyway. And I think guys like Bromwich and Nast, they're just going to play a little short stints. They'd probably be lucky to get 40 minutes each and they'll just mm. split the other minutes between between the rest of them, I guess. Yeah, I think um, I think Nas especially is probably more beneficial to have less minutes because he when he's got when he's got a full tank he's explosive and I I think his impact with that full tank is really really hard to stop and it's more beneficial to the team I believe. Glenn, your thoughts? Well, I have a few thoughts on that actually, mate. So one idea that I think could happen is possibly that Nas moves back to the bench, uh, King goes to prop, and um, and then Smith comes on at thirteen. That's one scenario I can see possibly happening. Another scenario is a quick change and it's just Grant to the bench and Smith starts, which worked for them very well. But as you rightly pointed out, I think Nash is an impact player and his best use coming from the bench. Grant's the long, the future for that club. But um, I just think that his body doesn't hold up for 80 minutes if, he play, if they play him that way every game. And I mean, it'd be interesting to see how the rotation works. So, I mean, we're all guessing at the moment. I feel certain had Welch been in that side uh, um, and um, and Grant not hurt his hand, that I think that Grant would have been starting off the bench, same with Nass, and that's my belief. It doesn't mean I'm right. It's just my opinion. Yeah, um, you know, I have to agree with you. Um, my, my, the reason why I'm asking, this is my dilemma for the week, is because... I'm not sure who's more important to trade in this week. And I've had a discussion with guys before the pod off air about whether Nico Hines is more important than um, Grant. And I think we've leaned towards Nico Hines because the price rise is going to happen sooner. Um, so the reason why I'm in this, in this position here is because my next uh, my trading that I'm looking at is actually bringing, because I've got Cody Nicarima, I'm going to trade in Styling this week. And he's the other guy I want to talk about. So he's a uh, 377K. Averaging 51.7 with that uh, dirty 39 in the middle there, um, but looked a lot better last week. Um, he's owned by 3% of coaches, which uh, surprised me a little bit there. I guess uh, having the likes of Grant and Cook and Mahoney out there, that there's a lot of people who go on that way instead of actually going on the pod move. Um, but I, I think now um, Starling for me is going to be my link to Grant and hopefully about probably, I'd say, five weeks around there. Uh, it's just whether I can handle not having Grant for five weeks. And going Starling allows you to have Hines, is that right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah and I guess it gets rid of Nick Ram out of my team too. Yeah, I think on the balance of two, Hines mm. and Starling together, I think that's a combination. Whereas if you had Grant, who would have been your half? Uh, well, Sam Walker. Um, yeah. So I would, have, I, would not, I would have said, instead of using uh, uh, three trades this week, which I'm going to, I would have only used two. Um, and I would have had Sam Walker kept in my team. But... Uh, and I kind of still want Sam Walker on my team, but I feel like I can't get... I'd, if I'm going to choose between Teddy and Sam Walker to offload to get Hines, I'm going to choose Sam Walker to offload. Um, and I think... I, I, I feel like I'm going to pick the wrong one. Um, but I guess uh, I'm going to go with pedigree and Teddy's the pedigree. So and is there any other um, hookers or anything that you are looking at there, Chris? Uh, not really. I, I sort of had a bit of a play with um, Starling last year when um, when uh, Hodgson was a bit out of favour. 
Mm. And uh, I saw what he could do in the minutes that he's going to be given, and I, I didn't like it. I, I think the the base just isn't there, and he doesn't doesn't attack enough with his running game. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a bit scared of that, so I'm going to stay away. Um, I've got – I'm a bit fortunate, though. I think I've got one of the better hookers in Watson in my side at the moment, and I think he does a better job of – doing a Starling than Starling does. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty happy there. And it gives me flexibility. So, you know, if if I wanted to get run, rid of one of my second rowers, I can just – I can swap them to a to a Grant at some stage. I don't think I'm going to get Grant this week. Just – I don't know. It just, it just doesn't work for me because I want to – I'm focusing more on cash generation mm. and, I'm, and I don't have guys like King or not uh, – the king from Melbourne, I don't have him, and he's still got a minus 32 BE, so I'm going to get him. And I'm actually doing a quite controversial trade, but I'll um, I'll fill you guys in once we get down to get down into the halves discussion and we'll go from there. There's one other hooker I think we should mention is my hooker, which is Jamie and Cook. And um, I was a bit reluctant to jump on hook. I actually started with Brandon Smith and I made the trade to um, Cookie. And it was more based on points per dollar, you know, at his price point. But what I really liked was what I heard the coach saying was that basically that Cook had been stifled and that it's time to let Cookie be Cookie. And as you saw, he had nine runs in the first half in that last game that he played and um, set up a really nice try there to Kyle Omatungi. Uh, I, I will say I have 90K in the bank and I can easily go from Cook to Grant. And, um, you know, the, the temptation's there, especially with the um, Grant versus the Dogs. I'm a nervous non-owner, but I mean, Cook's got a pretty run coming from the next one. And um, yeah, so, but I think Cook, um, Starling and Grant are pretty much the three in the conversation. And I don't mind the pod player Watson either. I think that, um, you know, the Roosters have got points in him, also got a nice draw. Uh, he looked very close, Watson, in the last game he played. He was a couple of opportunities there where he actually could have crossed the line. So yeah, I think all four. And I, the other one, there's one other one we haven't mentioned is Braley for the Sharks. Uh, I think he's been playing exceptionally well this season. And I, sorry, there's one other one too, uh, Jeremy Marshall King. I, I mean, he surprised me. I, I probably wouldn't go there, but he does have a negative break even from memory. I, I think I wrote him down here. Yeah, I'll just four. He's got a break even of four. I mean, so you'll possibly make your money if you can't quite get up there to one of them other guns and you're looking for someone that's a pod. Yeah, I was going to make some honourable mentions there. I think you've covered it there. So um, I'm going to bypass Appy Corusau because I think we're going to, we're going to see it up and down with him. But uh, yeah, Jerry, JMK and Blake Braley were the two I was going to actually make honourable mentions of. So we'll move on to the front row forwards. And um, Payne Haas, I believe, is the, the ultimate guy you need to get. Is that right, guys? Oh, him and uh, IPAP. I think mm. IPAP's just sitting there. I mean, a bloke playing 80 minutes on a Parramatta edge that had, what was it? Um, it it's pretty much all raw base at plus power in his last game. He did have a line break. So what did he get? 94, I think it was. Mm. And uh, 84 of that was in base plus power, you know, offloads, tackle bus, pure runs and tackles. And I mean, so he, he has to be in the conversation as, running not far behind, you know. Uh, Hass is obviously ahead in points and he's the premium, but, geez, IPAP's not far behind. 
Yeah, I've got some numbers here. So with Haas, he's uh, averaging 75 at the moment, which is pretty solid. And right behind him, um, averaging 72 is IPAP. So he's number two. So ideally, I believe that um, they're the two that you'd want to have um, to go with. Um, currently, I've got the, the Wish version of that with I've got Arrow and Haas, which I'm still pretty happy with for now. Um, Chris, is anyone there, mate, that you think might be interesting? Yeah, I've got a couple, and they're both dual, um, both Bulldogs. Um, I'm actually kind of waiting patiently for um, for a bit of a price drop from Thompson. Mm. He's Unfortunately, he was a victim of uh, TPJ being in the prop rotation. I think his minutes suffered because of it. He had a, I think he had a couple of 30 scores in there. So um, I'm just going to wait a couple of weeks on that because I think with uh, TPJ out of that rotation and Heatherington getting injured, I think that's going to open it up a bit for him and he'll be he'll be he'll definitely be a prospect in the in the future. I'm not super keen on front rowers at the moment. Like the only two that seem to be scoring are IPAP and and pass, and the rest are just they're just a they're just a heap of shit, really. Mm. I mean, look at AFB's AFB's just not getting through the work. He's not offloading. Um, yeah, it's it's just a bit of a shit fight there. So if you can get away with some cheapies like King King and stuff like that, and maybe get a Haas or an IPAP in there for your, um, just to hold it together for you, then I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah, that's that's what I had before um, before this week because I had I had Arrow and I had Haas, but I brought Haas in last week and brought Arrow down the second row. Um, so for the last two weeks, I've had to play Max King because I didn't have the other King. I still don't have the other King. Um, so and, and up until last week, I was happy playing Max King, but that... 30, 35 minutes he's been getting every week and he's been getting 55, 51, but then last week gets a 39. So um, I, I just need to, I, I, to... The reason for my trade this week was to um, bring Arrow up to the front row. So I don't need to... I'm not forced to play a, a Max King. Um, yep. But yeah, I do agree with you. I think the, the cheapies in the front row, there's a lot of good value there uh, and we can always aspire to getting those good fr- front rowers moving forward. Is yeah, there any other thing? Anything, sorry, go. Uh, sorry, I might just share with the with the audience what my um, front front row looks like at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I've got I've got Leo Thompson, I've got Max King, I've got uh, AFB, and I've currently got uh, the shitter of the Cyphedes, Jay Scythe, <laughs> who's mm. absolutely done nothing as a pod. So um, yeah, and I'm, I'm this week I'm actually going to trade out uh, Jay Scythe for for uh, Mr. King from Melbourne. So that's mm-hmm. the, that'll be my trades in the front row anyway. Yeah, I think um, saving a bit of money there, and then also getting a bit more uh, stability, I guess, in point scoring. So yeah, definitely, it's it's so shit. Yeah, Glenn. Yeah, I'll just go through what mine is, and then I'll mention mm-hmm. a couple we spoke about um, because there's some interesting ones spoken about. So I have a, a house. I started house, and I started M King and James Snell Brown, and my other one is Josh King, and um, and they've been scoring quite nicely for me. So I've just been playing Josh King and House in my front row and um, James Snow Brown obviously was my other starter, but got injured and I had Bullimore, which I traded to get um, the other King, Josh King. But um, one you mentioned was Arrow. So Arrow hasn't been what you would hope, but what, what he, what I do like of Arrow is the minutes that he's playing in a side that's got a really nice draw coming up. And I mm-hmm. think that Arrow could be the beneficiary in that side of some points based on how quick they are in the middle with Cook, Murray, uh, Walker, you know, they're a quick side. And um, so if they get on that front foot, you could be lucky with uh, Arrow, um, definitely as a cash cow. The other one I want to mention, in, and I'm mentioning this because I think he's a trap, 
but I see people are buying him. So I think we should mention it. And that's that Nime. I think mm. just don't do it. You know, I, I just think that's a bad move. I think that, uh, what's the other one from um, from the Knights? There's Liam Thompson and there's... Mama Mamasia, yeah. Yeah, Mamasia. I think he's a wait and watch too. I mean, you know, with that Barnett out, you know, minutes could be more favourable to the middle. But uh, I did see Frizzell was named, Brady Jones coming in. So, um, you know, I don't think Brady's going to play big minutes. So that could see some of that rotation go through the second row, which could mean big minutes for the middle. So just keep an eye on those, I guess. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to the second row forward. So I'm going to start off with uh, what he fantastic week last week is Cam Murray uh, 661k after last week he's uh, averaging 86 and with a break even of 6 and owned by only 10.6% of coaches so um, I really like what I saw from him last week those lines he ran and those set plays that they all that he was part of they were amazing to look at I'm not sure about you guys that was uh, I, I never even thought about starting him this year and that just really I know, opened my eyes a little bit I guess I don't think I can get him in yet but I really like the look of him, Chris. Yeah, he's a central part of their attack. I think they realized how terrible they were going the first first round and how and then how benching him was just the worst idea ever. And mm-hmm. um he's he's central now. Like if if I could and there weren't so many cash cows around, I would definitely be bringing him in this week cuz like he has a BE of 6. So if he scores, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere near what he did last week, he's going to be you know, he's going to be 700s. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's definitely a guy you got to move on this week if you want him, because especially with the draw coming up. But um, other than that, it's been quite the quite the run for the mid-prices in the second row. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you started the year with a bunch of mid-prices in the second row, you'd be pretty happy with yourself right now. I think yeah. I managed to get most of them. <laughs> but um, um, I, the ones that I, I'll, I'll just go over my, um, the ones I started with. So, at, at at my current my current second rowers, I believe I've got Fermor, uh, Katoa, I've got um, Aitken, I've also got Tuolagi, I've got Tamalolo, and um, I can't remember who else. I think that might be it. But th- those are the ones I'm running with at the moment. Um, quite happy that I went. L- lower priced guys in that area because like there's been so many spot fires that's been created for people like with Crichton and Fafida just bleeding cash and a bunch of other guys as well um so I'm pretty happy happy there but um but yeah at some point they're going to hit their top the top of their value these mid prices and it's going to be there's going to be some chopping and trading going on but um at the at the meantime I'm pretty happy with it um but yeah other than Murray I I don't really see many good ones. I, I thought Nanai, that's, you know, 100 with three tries. That's, uh, I don't know, the base is just not there. I think you'd be lucky if you get to 500K with him. And if you get the, get to 500K, just sell him straight away. Yeah, I think that's one of the guys you've got to keep an eye on. Is look at his projections. Look what his uh, break even is. Keep an eye on that every single week, um, especially after the week before when he had a what negative 19 in errors alone, like a 36 with a try because he – made about, I think, 11 missed tackles and a lot of errors. So um, I think he's just a keen young fellow that wants to have a crack and sometimes gets a bit overzealous in there. So just keep an eye on him. Um, as soon as he peaks, yeah, jump, get off him and there'll be someone else you can grab that might be on the up. So, Glenn, anything else uh, in the second row, mate, you're looking at? 
Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you what my second rowers are so our viewers know. So I've got Fafida, Aiken, Lolo, Olakawatu, Katoa and Tuolagi. I've also got Firma, but I've got him at centre wing. And um, Murray, I really do like, and I kind of am um, annoyed that I missed the boat on him. I kind of wished I started him. I had Angus, and I went Angus to Olakawatu, so that was the change there. That was the only one that was different. But um, Murray's in, like, I, as you know, I love the structures. I love watching set plays. And Roosters, Storm, and, and the uh, Bunnies do it better than anyone, and the Panthers. And... Um, yeah, you just watch those set plays with Cameron Murray and you have to think with that draw coming up that he could do anything. You know, you could actually get him crossing over a couple of times or at least try assists. I see the scenario with Cookie to Murray happening a bit, hence the reason why I've jumped on Cookie. Um, Cookie Murray's my Cookie reason, you know, if that makes sense. Um, there's another a few others in there that I just thought I'd bring up. So Wilton, people are jumping on. I say don't do it. Job security is not good. Um, someone's coming back. Butcher is another one. Well, look, I said to everyone, don't do it last week. The minutes between, uh, and he played 80 last week, to my surprise. If that happens again, then possibly, but I still think Angus will come back into that position. So job security there is not very good. Um, Nanai, obviously, uh, his base is terrible, but uh, it's a season where money's hard to make. So, you know, if you're looking to make coin, Nanai will do you that. But uh, as Chris rightly pointed out, I don't think it'll be a lot of it. And you sometimes got to base the amount of what you're going to make um, against what your trade's worth. And um, there was one other one. Oh, obviously, I mentioned him, Tuolagi. What I am worried about this week as an owner of um, Tuolagi and as an owner of Katoa is they both named four forward benches. And um, so that's a bit of a threat to me. In one of my setups this week, I don't have either in my starting side, but I, I think I'm going to risk the biscuit and go to Alagi based on the amount of points the Titans are letting through in that position. So, yeah, mm. that's my take on that. Yeah, there's one um, player that I'm... I, I definitely don't say trading him in is an option, but I do like the look of him at the moment. He's just plotting along quite nicely. He's uh, Curran. Um, Curran's actually looking pretty good. He's looking very safe. So, and I think uh, with the the way base is looking this year, I think the base of the safety of base is actually a really good call out. In saying that, he's got a break even of seventy one, so he's not going to go break through the roof or anything. But he's at quietly plotting along, averaging sixty six, um, and he's under six hundred thousand. So um, I, I do like Curran. I won't be trading him in, but I just like the look of him um, in our always, and it could be one of those guys. I think um, maybe watch out for him if he gets picked in Origin, but it could be around the buys if he doesn't get picked for the Origin there. So. And there's two others that I haven't mentioned. And one of them I think is very interesting is uh, Kaloa Matangi. So he mm -hmm. played 80 last week as well. Um, so if that, if that continues, again, with that draw coming up, I think he'd be a, a, a great buy on that edge. And uh, and obviously Yo. I mean, Yo's consistent. and uh, But I, I'm a bit worried about Yo now with Cleary back. I think that uh, he was needed in the middle and played that kind of ball-playing role, locked role. I think that that somewhat changes with the addition of Cleary. And I also think that minutes might alter as well with the addition of Cleary. So, but Kalama Tangi, if you want a pod, guys, jump on. Yeah, I like that one. That's good. Alrighty. So um, let's talk about the halfbacks, boys. So um, hold on, everyone's this right now. We'll start with the, the big money one here is uh, Cleary. Cleary's ball back this week, guys. Um, what are your thoughts on having Cleary in your team? Is, do, would you wait? Who are you asking? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go, Chris. Um, with Cleary, I think, I think it's definitely a wait. Just, I know that that injury that he has, it's a very, uh, it's quite 
minor in the recovery. So like he could come out just guns blazing, but I think you've got to wait and just see how he fits into that structure. See if he has any, um, you know, he might, he might have a slow start if you, if you guys are lucky <laughs> and mm. uh, might just bump out a couple of fifties, sixties and the price will, will plummet. So um, I think you, you just got to watch for a while. And I think with Heinz, I would not be going Heinz to Cleary. Not a chance. Like he is just in this golden vein of form at the moment. So just hold on to him with, for dear life until it until it stops because he might not stop till he's out at a million dollars at this rate. So um, just hold on, make that money. And if he keeps scoring hundreds, then you, there's no way you can trade him to Cleary. So just keep that in mind. I'd be I'd be making other moves to get Cleary in, and and if if you can, probably get Cleary and and Hines in that uh, halfback spot as a goal. So yeah, but, but there's some other performers there. Like you've got um, you've got Schneider who's on the bubble this week. He's got a minus, uh, I think, negative sixty four break even. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely a guy you want. He's probably the premier cash cow this year. So jump on if you miss it. You're you're likely to miss out on a whole bunch of money. Like uh, just to put it in perspective, if he scores sixty, he probably goes up hundred k this week. So it's a huge jump in cash. So Definitely don't miss out. I don't mind it if you have to, you know, to get him. If you've got Hines in your halfback spot and you want to bring in some, if you want to trade out Tedesco, it's it's controversial with the draw, but I don't mind it. It's actually something I'm going to do because um, I, I've got uh, Sexton and uh, Hines in my halfback spot, and I've got a I've got to jump on that cash cow. If I miss out, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to kiss the season goodbye and just have uh, I'll, I'll be missing out on an extra gun in my team. So. That's what I'm doing. It's a bit of a hot take, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think my, my take on the Cleary thing is if you are able to get him in this week, for example, then it's not like you're struggling for cash. It means you've got the cash ready to go and he ain't changing price in week one. So you have that, if any doubt in my mind that he might come out with a you know, a cracking game, you miss one game. Like, yeah. it's not, gonna, not, not the end of the world. But then if he comes out in a cracking game and you don't want to, I know you say wait one more game and go, yeah, I'm getting him in this week. He's going to cost the same as he did this week. So um, I, I think, yeah, definitely a wait and see on him. Um, but if you brought him in and he goes mental, the other thing about him is he's, we all know that everyone's been, all those good players are overvalued from last year. The game's a bit different this year. Um, we don't want to make the same mistake that those did with getting in turbo, um, losing 300K. So um, I think he's definitely a wait and see. And, I think we've got a capable uh, replacement there in Hines to hold the fort for a meantime. You know what I mean? He's making some big... Um, if, if you're going to get Cleary in this week, you'd have to get him for Hines, really. And I think Hines scores similar. So what are your thoughts, Clint? Yeah, I have a few food for thought. Is that the, is that the term mm-hmm. um, on this subject? So um, I, I see a few people who are giving up Tedesco, moving Hines down into the fullback position and bringing Cleary in. I mean, it's a pod move based on ownership. And if he was to go off, then kudos to you. Uh, I'm not doing it. I don't think it's a right play. I think based on the way this season's unfolding, points per dollar, um, Heinz, Teddy, Pappenhausen's my setup at the moment. And um, and Cleary is a definite work towards. I think we saw what happened with Turbo. Everyone had to have him because of the, you know, and, and they, they paid the price. And I, and I have the feeling that's what will happen with Cleary. I still think he'll average well. 80 to 100, um, possibly. But, I mean, when you can get someone that's doing that for 300 or whatever it is, K less in Heinz, um, 
I, I personally wouldn't be giving up Tedesco. I know people are, and I understand the reasoning behind it. Money's hard to come by. I just think that draw for the Roosters is just too pretty. Um, the other three I would mention, I mean, obviously we said Snyder. I think that genuine cash cows this season are hard to come by, and he is a genuine cow in that position. So I have Hines and Snyder in my halfback position. But the other two I wanted to mention was Sexton. I actually really like what I'm seeing from Sexton. I actually think that's a good setup you've got, Chris. So um, <coughs> what, what did you say? you got Hines and Sexton at half, is it? Yeah, currently I do, but it's going to change. And Tedesco, moving Hines down to buy who? Uh, I'm basically freeing up cash because I've got that dead spot in Ilias at uh, 5'8". Right. So I'm, I'm going to try and push uh, someone like uh, Brown into that spot with oh. that cash just so I can so the money can pile up because my, my goal is to have Hines and, and uh, Cleary in that, in that, in the, in the half spot. Yeah. And I want to do it as quickly as possible. So I'm hoping that it's not that Brown can go off in the next few games. Cause I've got a pretty good draw and that, that gap can be bridged quite substantially. The biggest question I've had asked of me this round and last round, I get a lot of messages from people saying, help me, what should I do? And the one that I'm getting asked the most is Walker to Hines. Is it sideways? Uh, in my opinion, it's not. And I'll tell you why. Keary in the side with, uh, in the Cronulla side, Hines is touching the ball on average 60 times a game. He is the dominant half in that side, which means that he's the main playmaker. When it comes to the Rooster side, Walker isn't. And I also think that um, Walker's missed 19 tackles from memory in the last two games. Uh, I, I have this fear that he could either jump to the bench and someone like a Hutcho could start like he did last year and then come in at, you know. Um, but the, the bigger one for me is that he's playing second fiddle. But, I, I mean, I really like Walker. I mean, ideally, if I could have afforded to, I'd have Heinz Walker as my two halves. Or the other one I would do is Heinz Sexton. I like both. I have Brown already as well, so I have Heinz, Brown, Pappenhaus and Teddy. But, um, yeah, they're, they're the only ones in my convers- that I think are in the conversation for me. Cleary, no. Pine, yes. Snyder, yes. Walker, maybe. Sexton, yes. Yeah. Um, one, one, one of the guys I, I've got Munster, so I'm pretty happy. But yeah, Brown is looking good, isn't he? I know you guys uh, tried to get me on him this year, and I was trying to go for gold and get Munster, which I'm still happy with. But yeah, I think um, Brown's looking real good. I think uh, he had a lot of potential when he first did his rookie season, and he didn't kind of show it as much. And this year, he's just breaking out. It's looking great. Um, all right, that, speaking of that, now let's move on to the five eights. Um, we'll start with uh, the guy that I said my team, Munster. Um, he's looking bloody fit, he's looking really good, looking keen to play. Um, I really look at it, I'm really enjoying having him in my team. So he's averaging 97 after two games, break even of 12. He's priced 649k and owned by 14% of coaches. I know that's not pod territory, but it's not too far off considering he's a gun. I'm pretty happy with that. Your thoughts, Chris? Oh, absolutely. Um, I I should have gone with my first instinct of captaining Munster. I was telling everyone I was going to do it. And then once Hines had that 120 odd in the first game, I was thinking, Oh, I've just got to loop this for sure. Cause especially with the, with the scores we've had this year, like especially round one, round two, like there was hardly any hundreds. So I figured like, if this is, if this guy's hitting a hundred this week and the rest of the weather is forecasted to be pouring down for the rest of the weekend, then I've got to take it. So that's what I did. And, um, Unfortunately, uh, didn't didn't do the monster move, which would have probably only given me another extra thirty five points. So it was a it was a decent, yeah, it was a, it was a decent move to do it. It didn't cost me that much, but in hindsight, monster was the move. 
But um, who knew he was going to be playing like this this year? He is like a fullback there. He's playing on both sides of the field, breaking tackles everywhere. Just uh, he's a menace out there. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Now, I... I... I um I I was on the record last week in the last week's podcast saying I wasn't a captain him, and um, I told you guys off air that I uh, I traded in I traded Angus out for Payne Haas last week, and I thought if I'm gonna have Haas in my team, I might as well captain him and play it safe because I obviously miss out on Hines, and yeah, so I was just stuck with my gut. So number one rule, guys, stick with your gut. Glenn, mate, your thoughts on Munster? Yeah, so what I was going to say was, firstly, that Munster's playing in a contract year, and whenever a player's playing in a contract year, they always become that little bit more interesting for Supercoach. But one of the things that I do when I set up my sides is I look for who I think can score as well for less, you know, for cheaper. And so Brown, I think, was 150K cheaper, is that right? Um, who's, mm-hmm. who's averaging pretty much near what Munster is. And then I had Grant, who's 50K cheaper than what... Um, uh, Brandon Smith was 50k cheaper than what Grant was so the idea was to try and you know I try and rob Peter to pay Paul and so that I can pretty up other positions um, look I'm a nervous non-owner of Grant and I'm a nervous non-owner of Munster especially with a game coming up against the dogs and um, I don't see myself letting go of Brown but I, I see a scenario where I'll run Cook, Grant, uh, Munster and Brown at some point I just hope that I can get there uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just quickly explain my mad, mad scientist trade of Teddy because it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty out there. It's a bit of a hot take. So basically, the move is so like I was saying, you move Hines down to fullback. You trade Teddy out for Schneider for the cash. Uh, then you move the money from Ilias, who's basically doing nothing at the moment, to a Brown who you can play every week, who has a great draw. Um, so I'm just hoping that that gets to, gets me to Teddy, and um, then I then I've got extra cash in the bank, and then I can I can get get a grant possibly next week, maybe for Tamalolo if he's not uh, performing, or or one of the other other mid prices if they if they top out in price. So that's my plan anyway. And I can see the logic in all of that, especially Snyder. I think as I said earlier, it's a it's a season where genuine cash cows are, are rare, especially ones starting from bottle dollar and moving their way up. And Snyder is that. So I think I would move mountains if I was a non-Snyder owner to getting Snyder. Um, I will caution on Elias. I think that people are being a bit hasty and they're moving on of Elias. I think, again, with that draw coming up, I really like what I saw from Elias in the last game. And I'm going to go on the record here and predict that Elias um, makes really good coin over the next 10 rounds. And I'm going to say really good coin, like up to about 550. That's Ooh, yeah. it's, a, it's a big call. You're on record too, mate. I'm on record. That's right. You've heard it here, boys. You'll so uh, after the, the after the pod, after the pod, mate, I want you to send this record to me so I can um, file it. And uh... I might make that 450. <laughs> 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 awesome. Well, uh, moving on next, we'll actually go to uh, talk about Dylan Brown. So he's 510k, negative five break even. He's uh, averaging 69.3. So. It's hard to really measure against Munster because Munster's only played the two games, um, but Munster's averaging 97. So it is a bit lower, but there's a bigger sample size for Dylan Brown as well. Um, and yeah, he's owned by what 6.8% of people, even more of a pot. So um, yeah, he's definitely um, not owned. I don't believe he's owned by enough and I'm, I'm guilty of not owning him. So um, I think we've already spoken pretty much about how highly we think of Brown. Um, and the last one I'm going to talk about here is actually... Um, is uh, one a bit of a hot topic this week is uh, Dearden. 
Dean's um, stepped up a little bit this year. He's shown glimpses in the past, but never any consistency. Um, do you guys see it going? Keep keep going. Um, Glenn? I, I think I wouldn't do it, but I can understand. Look, Walker's got a really nice run coming up, Cody Walker with South. And, and so people are try, probably trying to find a way to get to Cody Walker. And I think what they're thinking is, I'll get Gearden in for Elias. I'll try and work him up as high as I can possibly get him so that it's an easier transition, and it will be, from Dearden to um, a Cody Walker. But the flaw in that is what you just pointed out, is consistency. Uh, Look, he plays for the Cowboys, who have been terrific, let's be fair, in the Mm -hmm. first three games for the Cowboys. But um, do I see that continuing? Absolutely not. Do I see Dearden continuing? Absolutely not. And I'll say that on the record. I I could be wrong, and if I am, I am. I mean, every year, the side will jump up and surprise us, and... Cowboys could be that, but they haven't changed a lot in personnel. They've got the same coach. I just think that they've played a side in the Broncos. And I, I know there's a lot of Bronco fans on here and I don't want to bag them, but I'm going to do it again, who have no idea. I have no idea what they're doing. And um, and it's sad because when I look at that side on paper, I think it's one of the best sides, you know. Um, you know, I really do. And I just think it's sad that they're being coached the way they do and, and, and they've got a nine that has a problem with his neck. He can only look left. He just does no ability to look right, and it's sad. So I think that I would be cautious on that trade. Yeah, well, one thing I'll say is I had a few questions asked to me last week, before the round started last week. Um, and I think the best trade um, I, I thought with Dearden was Hastings to Dearden. I like that trade a lot um, because obviously he's out for a little bit. Um, couple of guys were asking whether they should try and go Ilias to Dearden. I didn't really like it too much, but I do. I, the Hastings to Dearden was a perfect trade, I thought. Uh, and that's, he's that stepping stone to get to where you need to go. Um, but I think now, I'm not sure what his draw is looking like. His draw, he's got um, he's got uh, Roosters, then he's got Warriors, and then Raiders in the next three games. Not too bad a draw. The Roosters might be a bit of a challenge defensively, but um, yeah, I think last week was the week to get on him, and I think the player to trade him from was Hastings. And I, I think you've identified the reasoning behind those that are doing it. They've probably had a Hastings Amon set up mm-hmm. and they've probably thought, oh no, Hastings is out, Amon's not delivering and he's got a really tough draw. I identified that with Amon really early and that's why I got him out of the 5-8 spot and moved him to the bench at centre wing. So I knew, I thought, well, hopefully he makes money, but he's not someone I needed to play. So I think for those with Amon Hastings set up and they have no way of getting out of it, didn't is a... Uh, but I mean, it's only 60k more to get to Brown. So find the 60k guys and get to Brown. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Stuff. Your thoughts, Chris, on Dearden? Yeah, I'm a bit less pessimistic on Dearden, to be <laughs> honest with you. I think he's a really good player and he was just under a lot of pressure at the Broncos and he's starting to show that promise now. So potentially, I think he's probably a 60 average player. And that's probably a bit of a hot take considering how terrible he's been in the past and super coach wise. But I think he can really put together some scores, especially now that he's basically that dominant force in attack with Chad Townsend basically controlling the game. And he's he's not making that many tackles. So he's just being utilized as a offensive weapon, essentially. So yeah, I wouldn't sweat on him. Like if I don't know. I'm I'm facing this same conundrum with, do I go for Dearden? Do I go for Brown? I really like Brown because he has a lot of upside, but I I would not fault anyone for getting Dearden because he's going to make a bunch of money. Like, and I don't think the Roosters team is 
as good as we think they are at the moment. I think going up to North Queensland in that heat, it's going to be really tough for them. And I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. So, um, yeah, and Dearden, he's going to do a lot of things against um, teams like Canberra and the Warriors. Like, he could be a 600K player. Like, I don't know. It's a bit of a hot take, but I think don't, don't, don't do not think that he's not going to do well because I think he's going to have a great season. Can I just respond to that, Chris? I, I just want to go on record here saying that I actually agree with you in the fact that Dearden's a good player. I've never doubted his ability. And I think if you remember in the chat last season, I repeatedly kept saying, why do the Broncos not play Sullivan and Dearden? I thought they were the, the two that they should have ran with. I thought O'Sullivan was a really, I mean, you saw what he's done with the Panthers. They're both really good players. Uh, Dearden are running and uh, SOS controlling with that kicking game, I thought would have been a, a much better answer for the Broncos. My my issue is with the Cowboys themselves. I think that's my problem. But look, they have got some exciting players there. Um, you know, I, I really like what I've seen with Nanai. Uh, there's, you know, I, I, I don't know, 60 is a fair call, but I, I mean, I, I'd say 45 maybe. I, I think that you'll make your money. I think you'll have them up games, but we'll see. I mean, time only tells. And and I hope for the, uh, those dear owners out there that it does pay off, you know, like risk it. Fair enough. All right. Um, after the five minutes, let's move on to the center wing, guys. Um, here's a surprise packet that I, uh, for this year, how good's Dan Gagai going? He's uh, looking the good this year. I, I did not see this coming. I thought he was going to go back to the Dan Gagai of the Knights, which he, Back is again. So, um, what are your thoughts on Gagai, guys? He's going pretty good. Uh, Glenn? Well, look, I don't know if anyone paid attention last season, but of the top 20 centre wingers, I think there was only two of them that were centres, and Gagai was one of them. Um, most of them were wingers last season based on the nature of the season and how it was played. Um, he, he's, he's a genuine gun for me. And, I mean, the, the, the Knights in general have looked much better. Uh, all over the park. I think that the Knights have always had promise for me and uh, Gagai, he's no surprise to me. I, I didn't touch Gagai and I won't touch Gagai based on points per dollar. Not, by, I mean, if, if money was an object, you know, Grant would be in my side, Munster would be in my side and so too would Gagai. But a problem is money is an issue and uh, I think there's better points per dollar. Uh, I think much better actually uh, based on draws coming up like the two pose and the um, killer uh, you know, Campbell Graham, I mean, and uh, and a few others that, are, you know, I think could get you that same upside. And then you've got May, Targo, Penasini, Smith, uh, yeah, well, Suali. Yeah, well, what, I, what I'll say now is this actually, this number here that in these stats that actually surprised me a little bit. I know it's still pod territory, but 9.3% of people still own it. That's a, a bit higher than I expected. I thought being at his price point, he'd be a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, yeah 12,000 12, people actually own Gagai, which is, I'm hoping I, I don't, I've never had a head to head against any of these guys. So I'm hoping that um, they stay away from me. But well, even last week, they got smashed by the Panthers and this was still gets a 60 point score, which is pretty solid there. Uh, your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, it's, um, it doesn't actually surprise me, to be honest, because he, that's, that's who he is. He's just a guy that's hard to tackle. He creates a lot of problems on an edge for, for the opposing sides. So, and now like I can understand why the Knights are being so successful because they've essentially, they're playing a team game. It's not all reliant on Ponga anymore. They've got threats on both sides. They've got best on one side. They've got Gagai on the other. Their forward packs always been formidable and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going really well for them. 
Um, apart from Gagai, I think another guy definitely to consider that he's been on, he's always been on my radar, but now he's actually switched sides to his preferred edge. And it's, it's Kelly from the Titans. Mm. He's, you, he was really uncomfortable last year because they switched him to the right side. And now he's back on his left side with Furmore. And man, he looks so good. Like I was literally thinking that by about uh, origin time this year, like I'm definitely going to want to have him in my team because he looks phenomenal out there. Just, just playing what he sees and breaking tackles at will and pretty keen on him. Didn't have the best game last week, but um, there's definitely promising signs. Yeah, not the, the best, best game, but 62 points. Sorry. That's, that's what I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. That's pretty solid. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. Those paying attention, they'll notice, like I said, last season, it was all wingers. The way mm. the game was being played, they had to condense in the middle and it was opening up the edges and enabling wingers. And centres really missed out. So this season, there's a lot of centres that are unders. There's a lot of wingers that are overs. And as Chris just pointed out, I think you're, you're right on the Knights. It's it's good to watch because they are playing as a team and they, it's not just pass it to Ponga, pass it to best and hope, you know, hope for the best. They actually have the strength on both sides. But I think you'll identify in quite a few sides now that the centre position, as you just pointed out, Kelly is a very good one. Uh, Graham Campbell, there's a few. You know, if you go through and look at some of the um, points coming down, you'll notice that the centres this year, based on the way the game's being played, because this year it's a much more base stat game and, and you find that your centres have a much better base than usually wingers. Although wingers will take that, uh, you know, like your um, Targos or your um, Mays or your Tahos that, and Tupos that bring the ball back and then carries and they've still got the ceiling. Those centres uh, usually have a much better base. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, before we move on to the, I, I believe, the the buyers this week, um, there's one other player I want to talk about really. Um and this guy is the you say what you want about the Broncos, but this guy is the one benefiting from Turpin's left-handed turn, and that's uh, Herbie Farnworth. He's yeah. looking bloody good, isn't he? I've, I've always liked Herbie Farnworth as a player. I've watched him on the field. And I'm like, this guy's looking really good, but it never really translated to Super Coach. But this year, it seems to be going that way, and I'm really liking what I see from him. What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, he's he's really good. Like he's just always involved. He's that guy. He's having about twelve to fifteen runs a game, that sort of thing. He's basically doing what Stag should be doing yeah. and really, really outclassing him, I, I, mm-hmm. I find. And I think the Broncos really need to re-sign him immediately because he is just a phenomenal and he could, and he defends so pretty well too. So like, yeah, that's um, it's, it's not his edge. That's getting uh, bombarded. That's for sure. Mm. Glenn. Can I go on a little brag here? I don't know if you remember in the chat who I posted as all the try scores this round, but I said, uh, get on Farnsworth. I said, get on Lats. I said, get on Tedesco. I said, get on Dearden. I also said, get on um, Luciana Leilua and Nofaloma. But that's all the ones I said. So, I mean, I had a pretty good run last week. And one of the reasons is because the Broncos play uh, left. Most sides play dominantly left. But the Broncos only play left or in the middle. And uh, Farnsworth's just a workhorse and a half. And And some of the people that we haven't mentioned that I think are important is that based on the fact that the game is based around base, firmer and Aiken, um, I own both, I think are very good plays in the middle uh, at centre wing. Uh, you know, you can have two strikes and two uh, players like that. You know, I think they're not not bad to own at centre wing. Yep, totally agree. Uh, I think someone asked me uh, earlier last week before the game started, I think it was in our tragic group, who should I play? 
Panasini or Coates. And I was like, in my head, did a bit of an analysis and said, who's defending on that side? Wanga Blake. All right, Coates will score two tries on that side there. And Meany scored two tries on that side when he replaced Coates. So yeah, I thought I felt pretty happy about that. That's my little brag. So Yeah, well, Ty had him, as you know. Had, had, Ty had, a, had him as well mm. on the left edge. So that was a nice play as well. Uh, that mm. left edge for the Eels too, Wacker and Blake. You know, like that spot's also a, a prime real estate, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'll say one more thing um, in the centre wing is uh, uh, what are we all doing with May? Are we all bringing him in this week or are we all going to wait a week? What are your thoughts on that, Glenn? Uh, I, I am. And, um, but I mean, it's it's risky when you do that. You know, they, you rest, they get injured. and um, But that's just unlucky if you do. I'm bringing him in because I think to myself, next round, I don't want to be in a position where I have to. I'd rather do it when I don't need to, if that makes sense. So that week, if, if, if I have any situation, I'm hoping to not trade at all next round. But if I'm in a position where I have to, I don't want a position where I have to get May and then I can't get I have to elsewhere, mm. if that makes sense. So I'm going to jump early on May and um, bring him in this week. Whether I play, I just want to say one thing too, don't play backs. And I mean, this is a rookie error by me, playing Penasini versus Storm. You just don't play backs versus Panthers or versus the Roosters usually, but definitely not versus the Storm. And, uh, and, and I paid the price for not doing that, for doing that last week with Penasini, even based on his good base. It was just the non-play. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Chris, with May? Would you, um, if you could, would you hold off or should you bring him in this week? Um, I probably would hold off. Uh, I just want to see what he's going to, what the makeup's going to be like after this week. See, you just, it's best just to hold off on these guys because I know they're going to score points for you, but it just depends what your, your center makeup's like. If you've got some set, some dodgy centers in there and you want to get rid of them, I don't mind it. But if you've got a makeup of pretty decent centers, I'd probably just sit on it and just wait and see if he gets through this game uninjured. Cause the worst thing is having is downgrading to him and then he doesn't go anywhere and you're just sitting there with that two fifty on the, on the pine every week. And it's not, growing and it's just it's just an eyesore really so mm. i don't mind people bringing them in but um yeah it's definitely worth having another look just for cash generation purposes but i'm not saying it thinking about points he could score another hundred and it'd be great but um yeah i'm just solely looking at cash mm. well one thing i'll say you guys had two opposing views there and the funny thing is i actually agree with both of you um i do i'd rather hold off on him However, I need the cash to get one of my trades in and my center wings are atrocious. So um, I feel as though I, it's like a, it's a win-win for me. Um, but I would rather, like you said, hold off and wait one more week, especially because Cleary's back now. That team's going to change a little bit with the direction. They might go right a bit more as well with Cleary there. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I've been forced this week to actually make that trade. I'm literally 10K short of going Walker to Hines. So um, I'm going to be forced to make that trade. So yeah, um, that was yeah. kind of my reasoning too. If I'm mm. being honest, I, I, the cash also enabled me to do something else. Mm. So. Yeah, so I, I'll just go through my own center wings at the moment. Um, last week I brought in Zach Lomax just as a bit of an anchor for the center wings, and mm. then I've got uh, Billy Smith. Uh, I've got Penasini from the Eels. Got Coates, and uh, I've got oh, who else do I have? Can't even remember. But those are pretty much the the main ones. Those are the ones I'll be playing every week, and um, and Targo as well. 
that's the other that's the other guy I was thinking of. And then there, then I've just got Violia there as a bit of a loop loophole sort of guy that I can use because I'm not going to trade him out. It's just not worth it. He's only 205k. But um, that that's probably why I'm not going to go this week on on uh, on Taylor. Um, so I'll just hold off just because because I've got those guys that are pr- pretty good plays this week. But um, next week is he's definitely coming in if he's still uh, going to get named. That's for sure. Yeah, no, um, I, I like the look of him. I think we all like the look of him from what he, when he played last year. He looked pretty solid, and and I want to see more of him. And but in saying that, you, you don't know what's going to happen. I think they really love Crichton, um, not Crichton, sorry, um, Staines, and yeah. I think um, Staines is pretty much there, and they're going to keep him there. Um, I, I know Ty's coming back in what, eight weeks, but there's definitely an option to bring him in. But I'm just a bit nervous about what they're going to do when he does go. But by then, he'll be making a fair bit of cash, hopefully. So is yep. there any any other center wing guys that are, are options or maybe left field or even ones that could be good cash grabs there that um that we haven't discussed yet, Glenn? Well, Paulo and Coach both have a break even a nine. I'm not a fan of Coach based on his, um, out, his work rate, but... Um, I still think in that storm outfit that he could still be one of the leading try scorers for the season. Jackson Paulo on that left edge again outside Walker. I mean, you know, it's not that's not uh, such a, a bad trade. I just wanted to say what my my backline was and my reasonings because I got Stags and I'm just done with him. So Stags to me was a was a nice play for me and a bit of cash injection into my side. But then the rest of them I've got uh, Firma, Targo, Penasini, Smith. Uh, Amon and instead of I've got May now coming in, mm-hmm. so I mean I, I I have quite a lot of depth in there, and I could actually not go May and just play Penasini and um, Targo Firma and who was your Iron Smith and not do it I guess, but I I just yeah I, I agree there's there's sense behind both I mean the the golden rule is wait for the third and you know. That that is the general rule, so yeah, I'm not going to debate that one. Yeah, um, there's one other player that I'll mention here, just because I thought he was surprisingly highly owned. Um, actually, only two percent owned less than Firma himself, and that's Stephen Crichton. Um, he's owned by twelve percent of coaches, which has surprised me a little bit. Um, I feel like you may have got a few good scores, which is great out of him, but I feel like he might be uh, potentially a sell soon uh, with Cleary back. He's going to lose a bit of base points there with the goal kicking. Um, and the, yeah, the, like I said, the way that game play is played with Cleary. Uh, Crichton didn't get many. Um, it wasn't very. When, when he was a lot cheaper, he was more relevant in that uh, in that team. But I just don't see like last year he wasn't overly exciting um, uh, with Cleary in that team dominating the play in the making. So uh, I'd be careful with him. Maybe get it one or two more weeks and then probably punt him. I believe anyway, Crichton. And with that nice little price rise, he's four seventy nine with a nice negative break or a nice low break even. I think um yeah, you can definitely. Make a bit of cash and then bugger him off and get someone nice around the 550 mark. So, all right, guys, uh, let's move on to the fullback. So, um, who are the two fullbacks you guys are going to aspire to for this year? Um, I'll start with you, Chris. Um, who do you think the two guys you want to have at the end of the year, mate? Oh, so my end game fullbacks are mm. probably going to be Turbo and Brian Pappenhausen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I really like Teddy and he's always in my side. But the way things are going, I think I'm just going to have to go the turbo and pappy route. I just think they're 
they've got a they're just too destructive and Pappy with the goal kicking is really good. Mm-hmm. Latrell's a bit of a mention there, but he's come into the season so unfit that I'm just I'm I'm off him. I don't think I'm gonna be anywhere near near Latrell this week this year. He, he could probably play pretty well and he'll be pretty good with the goal kicking, but I I, I just think other options are so much better. Mm. You know, yeah, I, 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 Hines, I, I, if you want to get him there, that's that's good too. I think yeah. so. You know, I think um, the reason why I asked that question is because a lot of people are trading out Teddy this week um, to bring Hines in. And I feel like I, I, getting Hines in is a bit of a priority for this week. I, I do agree. Um, but the, selling Teddy seems like a really odd thing to do. However, if you're not planning on keeping Teddy and your end game is turbo, I, I see the merit in trading out Teddy this week. Um, I'm not going to do it, but I can see it because you can't have them all. Um, no. So if you're trading out Teddy this week to get a Heinz in to build that cash up, and then maybe you get one of your like Schneider, build up enough cash, put Heinz back up there, trade Schneider out, and get your turbo in there. I see, I think that's the the ideal game, but I'm not sure if you can do that fast enough. While uh, when Turbo gets his, I reckon Turbo bottoms out about nine, maybe early nine hundreds. Um, so you might want to, and that'll probably be in about three rounds. So it might be tough to get him in at that price. Yeah, I think, the, but the thing with Turbo is he's looked pretty ordinary. So he's he's got to get his shit together first. That might take mm-hmm. him a few rounds, and that price could go to eight hundred. So I'm just gonna happily wait on the sidelines until until uh, he works his shit out, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, Glenn. Your thoughts, mate? Well, my game plan was and is and probably will be was I started Teddy and Paps. I'm holding them both right until the buy round. The mm-hmm. plan was to offload Tedesco after that pretty draw. I think it's around 10 or 11 where Tedesco's draw gets a bit ugly. Mm-hmm. And um, I would, I think there's one that people are forgetting is Gutherson. It's been quietly chugging along very nicely and a very nice draw as well. And Latrell, I think when he gets back to fitness is an option. But my end game is also Paps and Turbo. So it was run Paps and Teddy right up till the buy round. And um, that would alter based on how t- Turbo was going, obviously. I mean, that, that was always, you know, we've always got to keep Turbo in consideration. But Manly just looked terrible. And mm. um, so, yeah, get rid of Teddy uh, round 13, bring in Gutherson, uh, playing through the bye period because uh, they play the second bye. And mm-hmm. then after that bye period, it would be Gutherson to Turbo. Yeah, no, I think my, my plan was more similar to yours, Glenn. I wanted to hold on to my gun fullbacks as long as possible. My Initially, it was going to be a play uh, fullback roulette, but... After what I've seen so far, I think um, we're going to need those trades. Um, and I feel like also that no one's really standing out in that fullback position besides Hines, really, but you can get him in the halfback as well. So, yeah, I think um, I'm going to stick strong with Teddy and Puppy for as long as I possibly can. Um, and I said, I yeah, I had Gutho written down here. Gutho's sitting nicely at 650,000 uh, and he's averaging 69, <clears throat> which isn't ideal for a fullback last year. But not too bad this year, um, considering Turbo's averaging 55 and he's double the price. So, um, yeah, I'm and even Puppy, who's only averaging seven more points a game, um, than Gutho. So, and we all know Gutho had a nice early draw and he has those points in him every now and then. And Paris starting to, I, I, find, I think their defense has gone a bit downhill, but their attack is actually looking pretty good still. So, and they also have a nice draw mm. now, um, but I'm positive we can't on all three. But I think if you have a nice look, you'll see that after round 13, going to Gutherson is a very genuine option based on fullbacks going out 
you know, I mean, I held my fullbacks last season, but this season, based on draw, I'll be selling Teddy to Gutherson, running him right through the bye period, and then the plan will be straight after um, Origins complete, round 17, round 18, I'll bring in Turbo, hopefully, based mm. on how Turbo's going and no injuries, please. Yeah. yeah, so my plan was similar where I was actually going to look at whoever the best option was and I was looking at someone like maybe a Walsh as well um, as Gutho. Yeah. So there's a few out there that look like they're doing all right. Like even a Kennedy, I know that's a bit more um, left field, but he's he, if he has a decent draw, you can always jump on him as well and get those extra points and move him on later on. So is there any other fullbacks, guys, before we move on to trades and captain talk that uh, we want to talk about? That's pretty much it. No, nah, not really. Yeah. All good. All right, guys. So I'll tell you what my trades are going to be to start off with. So I'm actually going to use the boost this week. Um, I can finally offload Nikarima. Uh, I thought I won big when he got named last week and thought I'd have a nice little pod for one more week. Um, but he did terrible for me. So I'm going to go Nikarima and I'm going to Starling, which frees up enough cash for me, to, or almost enough cash for me to go Sam Walker to Nico Hines. And then an unusual one, I'm going to go to Noah Brown, who I've been waiting on to come back from injury, but I'm just getting sick of having that weak front row. So I'm going to Noah Brown, putting Arrow up into the front row for my second row, bringing Targo up to my second row temporarily, and bringing in Tyler Nate. So that's my three trades, and that way I get to have some pretty solid uh, players there coming in. Um, and so far, I'm happy with my trades I've made, which is only two so far, and um, I'm hoping this actually helps boost me up a little bit and I don't miss out on uh, a nice little score from Hines. I'll go with you, uh, Chris. Yeah, so uh, my trades are going to be. I'm going to use the boost as well because I feel like I just I just need to sort this this part out because I've got I've got a front row that's a bit of a, it's a bit of a plotting front row at the moment. So there's some there's some guys making cash, but then there's some also some guys that are just pretty um, they're just pretty awful at, to be honest. Uh, we've got uh, Mr. Saifidi who's awful, and you've got AFB who's just not getting through any work and he's not offloading. So yeah, um, I'm sort of trying to decide which one of those go first. Probably leaning towards uh, Saifidi. Uh, he's going to go down to King from Melbourne. And then uh, Teddy's going to go for Schneider. I'm uh, going to bring Hines down to the fullback. And then it's either going to be Dylan Brown in for Ilias or it's going to be Hiku to Grant. I can't make up my mind which one of those trades I want to do more, but I'm leaning towards the Dylan Brown trade. So, yeah, see how we go. And I'll leave, I'll leave it up to you, Glenn. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so my trades are stags to May, mm-hmm. and it gives me enough money to do one of two things. I can turn a moan to firma, and it leaves me 85K, which means that if I want to use a trade boost, I can get Grant. I don't want to use a trade boost. But it, that's why I've done it, because it allows me to sit on it and think over the round with that money there, uh, if that makes sense. So that's my trades, Firma and Mayin. Uh, I have a Billy Army, uh, you know, the Billy, the Kiwi uh, centre wing out, or a moan, and the other one's definitely Stags. I, I love Stags, and I want to keep Stags. My son says hold Stags versus the Warriors, but the ball needs to go right for him to do well, and it doesn't. That's the thing. I think we all love Stags. The Stags is a chance and he loved this year himself. So even when the ball, when Walter does go on and pass the Stags, he tends to drop it. So I think um, I think he needs to work on those errors. And I'm going to keep him for one more week because his break even is about 59. 
Um, so it's not the end of the world. He's not going to go down massively. Um, but yeah, I, I totally, uh, if you sold him, I'm not going to begrudge anyone for selling him. He's letting people down. Um, and who knows, like, I'm, I might be get lucky next week with the Warriors and he might get a nice little score for me, but I'm not holding my breath. So In the conversation we had before the pod, uh, Chris made a valid point about Walters. And I think when Walters comes on and plays that eyes up football, I felt much more comfortable as a Stags owner. But based on the minutes that uh, Turpin's playing and his inability to go right, I just think, I mean, two runs I think Stags had in the in that time. And, it, and the balls that he did get were just giving them to him, like setting him up more for failure than for success. And um, so it's frustrating. But I mean, if they were suddenly to name Walters at nine, I wouldn't be selling Stags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right, uh, let's move on to captains and vice captains. So um, I'm actually torn on, I'm actually looking at VCing for feeder, but I'm, after all the nightmares we had last week with Ammonia and all and Ilias, I know it wasn't too bad, but um, a couple of really bad scores out there, I'm tempted to actually put the C on him. Uh, it's a bit risky on in game one, but I really like uh, for feeder up against the Tigers with uh, Isako at fullback. So I'm liking the idea of going straight captain on him. If I don't and I end up chickening out, I will go captain on Munster with a VC on Fafita. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a valid one with uh, Fafita. He just ne- the thing with him is he just needs a couple of early balls and he can he'll get you a hundred. Like, mm-hmm. but uh, I just don't know why they're not giving him so more ball. They just that you should be plan- planning your attack around him if you're paying that much money for him. But anyway, that's beyond the point. But um, yeah, for myself, I think it's going to be either Munster or Pappenhausen for captain and probably going to throw... Oh, well, I can't really do that anymore since I'm moving Hines down to fullback <laughs> with the Teddy out. Rookie error, rookie error. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think it's either going to be Hines captain or Pappenhausen captain or Munster. Well, those three are the guys. Um, not super confident with the Sharks against the Knights because they're playing quite well. So I'm probably going to go on go on a Melbourne guy. So I'll probably do that. Mm-hmm. All right, Glenn. Uh, well, so my VC is a, a toss between two. It's either on Fafita or on Hines. And then my C, I'm looking at going Pappenhausen. But I think there's another couple out there. I think Tedesco, if you don't have Pappenhausen, is a, is a, it's a good C. I think Grant and Munster are obviously good Cs as well. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. Um, uh, one, one thing I'll say on Fafita, um, and someone brought it up in another podcast, is every, we all know who came off at the All-Stars game with a rib cartilage injury. Um, and we all know that that's pretty much all about pain management when it comes um, to playing on the field. And I think there is some still need because it, it can take a while for the pain to actually go away. So I believe that there could be some potential protection for him oh. while he's not getting the ball as much. So um, I don't think it's, I think he wants to play. That's the thing. But I think there could be a bit of protection there. Um, that's why he came off in game two um, as well. So no comment on that. Whoever made that comment is just praying or hoping that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible, but unlikely. I think that um, it's very evident for the, for me what's happening there. Jaden Campbell is just taking so much ball. Um, they play a very left-side dominant um, um, struck way of playing. But, look, I think Izarko into the side is actually a blessing for David Fafita. Mm-hmm. He, I think that you might find David Fafita getting clean ball off Izarko. Um, mm-hmm. But... 
again, another side that just doesn't seem to know how to use their right side. They, they play a lot of their football on the left. And when you've got a, a player of the ability of Fafita, like you saw what Stags and Fafita both did when they had clear room to move. You know what I mean? Like they, when they get that, you give them early ball and allow them to do what they do. And, um, you know, don't try and set it up for them, then give them the ball and put them into something. Give them early ball. And um, yeah. to Fafita against the Tigers, I mean, we're woeful and I'm a Tigers supporter. I can see points to Firma on that edge and I can see points to Fafita on both edges. So they, they're both good options. Yeah, so um, I'm actually going to lean towards actually putting the straight C on Fafita this week and... Uh, that's my gut feeling, and I, I'm, I'm going to finally stick with it, I think. I've been pulling it away for too many times, and I need to yeah, stop using my head, use my heart. So, all right, guys, um, is there anything else we want to say before we wrap things up? No, I'm just hoping I get a nice 1,300-plus uh, score this week. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, um, if I get 1,300, mate, um, um, I'll do a nudie run next podcast, so I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> so you're praying that I don't get one, I promise. No. Wow. <laughs> I, I will say one thing. Dan, you asked if we wanted to say anything. I just want to say to other coaches out there, if you are ranked 30K, 40K, or whatever it is you're ranked, it's still early. A lot of players spend a lot of their money on their starting 17, and they neglect the bench. And if anyone had a look at the side that won this round and had a look at his actual bench, they're all NPRs. Literally everyone was an NPR of other seven he had playing. There are a lot of people that set their sides up like that who will start off doing very well. And you'll get despondent when you see these big scores and yours in comparisons much smaller. But as a person that's played it for a while, round nine is when you really start to get an idea of how you're doing. So if, you, if you're in 30 th- something thousand round nine, then you can start to stress. But early, just don't panic. <laughs> just keep plugging away. What happens if you're 57,000 in round three, mate? What does that mean? What does that mean? It just means that you've got to try harder. Try does harder. It mean, does, it, does it mean I need to give up podcasting and try and tell everyone what I'm what I'm thinking? Because I think it's clearly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, in saying that, in saying that, though, guys, um, I did, I am a head to head player, and um, I did win the five head to heads that I was in. Um, the, the, the most important head to head this week. So that was my plan. It was all about head to head, and I know I, even though I'm not overall looking good, I'm actually doing pretty quite well head to head in the in my um in my comp. So do you know what you are on overall points, Dan? Um, I can get it up now. It's quite easily. So my uh, overall points, I'm sitting at two seven three zero, um, which is my a nice top forty four percent. So I'm in the top fifty percent, which is great. So you're only about three hundred points behind what I am, which yeah. isn't a big number. Now with my thirteen hundred this week and your one thousand next week, mate, I'll be fine. <laughs> All right, guys, that about wraps everything up. Thanks very much once again for listening. Catch you next week. See ya. See you guys. Thank you. I want to win. I want that trophy. I want that trophy. I want that trophy.